We're going to go right to Pastor's text this morning. So if you would stand with me for the reading of the word. We are looking in the book of Luke, verse, or chapter 19, starting with verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be, in the, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray. God, we pray your blessing on the word today. We pray that you would prepare our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive what you want to say to us. We pray your blessing and your anointing on our pastor, God, that he would deliver the message that you have for us to hear. Guide us and lead us in your truth today and let us walk out these doors knowing you more and serving you better. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Since the beginning of uh, the year, we've been talking about some of the people of the Bible that have uh, really uh, been used of God in great ways, some of their faults, some of their failures, many of their strengths. And uh, today, we're going to take a look at this other character, but this character is our one and only uh, New Testament uh, character in this series. And so today, as we look at this passage, what we find is that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and to Bethany. He's heading there for the final showdown where he is going to be crucified. He's passing through the city of Jericho. Now, Jericho, if you know the story, has been a, uh, was the first city that the people of Israel took when they came into the promised land, and it was re, it was, there was a curse upon it at that point in time that whoever would rebuild it, it would be a very costly uh, rebuild. But now it's a, a thriving, it's a thriving, thriving city from which trade would flow from Persia to Jerusalem and Egypt and back to them. There would be a lot of traffic uh, in, in, uh, in Jericho. Now the Romans, who were in control of everything, demanded taxes from the people living in Jericho, and they demanded taxes from the commerce flowing through Jericho. Uh, how this would work is certain Roman men would get the rights to an area, kind of like a franchise, and their job when they got these rights was to collect the demanded taxes uh, from that area that the Roman government uh, demanded. 
they would go into the area somehow and they would hire locals to, uh, to, who knew the area to collect the, tab, the, the taxes and to establish the rates on each individual person or trader. Now these rates had to satisfy the Roman government command and it also had to enrich the franchisee, if you, would, if you will, and it also had to pay the tax collectors. So Israel, uh, who saw themselves as an occupied nation, they were under the forced rule of Rome and were forced to pay taxes to Rome to support uh, the rule that they hated, uh, these local tax uh, collectors were seen by the, by the people there as traitors uh, to Israel because they were helping, helping the Roman government. They were also seen to be and known to be corrupt because they could, it, it didn't matter to the Roman government how they imposed those taxes or what rates they imposed or how much they demanded. That didn't matter to the Roman government. The only thing that mattered to the Roman government was we get ours. And so they could, they could do, they, they pretty much could do whatever they wanted to do to get those, uh, to get those, uh, to get the taxes. They were hated. They were treated like, the Bible says, like sinners. And, and, to, and to think about this, this is a, a, the sinner, the person who wasn't living up to the law, uh, this person was ostracized and rejected seen as beneath good and decent people and they wouldn't even eat with them or talk with them or socialize uh, with them. And the tax collectors, so many times as you read the New Testament, it'll talk about tax collectors and sinners and they're heaped together. Now as hated as these men were, they would be untouchable because they had the backing of the Roman soldiers. The Roman soldiers protected them and would have seen them as a source of their income. Now Zacchaeus, he was not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, which meant that not only was he you know, in charge of collecting, but he managed a group of tax collectors in that area, and he had grown rich doing his job. This is Zacchaeus in Jericho. This is the setting that we read in the Bible and that we see as Jesus is passing through Jericho. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the somehow, we're not told how in the Bible, Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus. He's heard about him. And he heard, hears he's coming through town. And this chief tax collector wants to size him up. He wants to at least take a look at him. Now what has he heard? We, we don't know. Maybe he heard that he was a, a miracle worker that heals the sick and raises the dead. Maybe he's heard that Maybe Zacchaeus has heard that this guy Jesus can feed the multitudes with just a few loaves and fishes. Maybe he's heard that he's just a, a fantastic teacher, that he's a prophet. 
Maybe he's heard that many hoped that he was the Messiah. But here's the truth. Many, many people of all kinds of backgrounds pass through Jericho. People coming through is, is not necessarily, that, that's not the curiosity for Zacchaeus. Something else attracted Zacchaeus to want to see Jesus. What we do know is that this rich trader who apparently had little concern for how his people think about him, his fellow Israelites thought about him, has heard something about Jesus. And he desperately wants to see him. Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. Have you? I mean, really, have you, have you really heard about him? I'm not talking that you've heard uh, something about whether Jesus is real or not from some you know, agenda-oriented, self-absorbed professor who, because he's an expert in one area, thinks he's an expert in all areas and has spouted stuff in classroom about who Jesus is or wasn't. I'm, I'm not talking about a group of immature friends who spout off about faith and karma and wanting to be with their friends and their friends are going to hell so they want to be there with them. I'm not talking about, have you heard about Jesus from them? I'm not talking about, have you heard, him, heard about him on some movie or some TV show or from some star or talk show celebrities whose personal lives are a shambles. I'm not talking about, have you heard about Jesus in those places? Have you heard about Jesus from people who met him? from people who've known him, people who've had hope restored in their life, people who have been freed by Jesus, people who have experienced him and have been transformed by him. Have you really heard about Jesus? Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. Have, have you? Jesus, this Jesus who satisfies our most passionate longings. This Jesus who is so personal, he fills and meets the needs of the deepest voids in our life. This Jesus who frees men from their most controlling strongholds and gives them freedom. Have you heard about that, Jesus? This Jesus who gives men purpose in life, this Jesus who makes sense out of our worst moments, this Jesus whose presence is always with us. Have you heard about that Jesus? This Jesus who will be our closest friend that will never fail us, this Jesus who offers us hope for eternity, this Jesus who comforts us in times of suffering and loss. Have you heard about that Jesus? Have you heard about this Jesus who gives us overcoming strength in time of need? This Jesus who gives us peace that passes understanding in the midst of our worst storms. This Jesus who gives us direction in our darkest nights. Friend, have you heard about that Jesus? This Jesus who makes sense 
who, who with a pure, gives us a pure sense of right and wrong. This Jesus, who is a healer of our wounds and the healer of our relationships. This Jesus, who is the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. Have you heard about that Jesus? This Jesus who is the restorer of order. This Jesus who is the source of all that is good. This Jesus who is the foundation of courage. Have you met and heard about that Jesus? This Jesus who mocks at all threats. This Jesus who is the author of compassion and mercy. This Jesus who is the fountain of love. Have you heard about that Jesus? This Jesus who brings fullness of life. This Jesus who calms our life. This Jesus who gives us overflowing life. This Jesus who fills us with hope. This Jesus in whom you can discover wisdom. Have you heard about that Jesus? This Jesus. Jesus says, don't be afraid. This Jesus says, go and sin no more. This presence of Jesus not only is, a, is, is next to us, but he permeates us, empowers us, cleanses us, and frees us. This Jesus is the answer to every need and every issue of life. This Jesus who is the light of the world. Have you heard about that Jesus? See, friend, when you hear about Jesus, you're the really, you really hear about who he claims to be. It's, you're going to say one of two things. You're going to say it's either too good to be true or you're going to want to see him for yourself. If you want to dismiss Jesus, if you don't want to get close to Jesus, if you're not interested in drawing closer to him every day, You haven't really heard about him yet. Because when you hear about him, you're going to want to get close to him. Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, and he wanted to take a look at him for himself. But however, like us, for Zacchaeus, there were some things in the way. The crowd was in the way. His physical size was in the way. People were not going to help him get through. His pride couldn't be, could have gotten in the way. But for Zacchaeus, he wasn't going to let the crowd stop him. He had heard about Jesus, and he wanted to see him. He wasn't going to let his limitations stop him. He wanted to see Jesus. He wasn't going to let rejection from people stop him. He was going to see Jesus. He wasn't going to let his pride stop him. He was determined. If it took climbing up in a tree running ahead of the crowd. Friend, what's in your way of seeing the real Jesus? He ran ahead of the crowd. He found a tree. He climbed up in the tree so he could see Jesus. And Zacchaeus' example teaches us something wonderful about who Jesus is himself. For in a few moments, Jesus comes. And when Jesus walks by, he looks up in the tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I must go to your house today. See, here's the great lesson. When you want to see him, Jesus wants to see you. 
When you long, no matter who you are, no matter what the world thinks about you, no matter what failures you have in your life, no matter what's taken place in your life, if you get hungry to see Jesus, he's going to spot you. He's going to come looking for you. He's going to want to come to your house and spend time with you. This is the Jesus that we meet. In that, in that time to go to someone's house and to eat with them was a sign of friendship. And to go with a sinner or a tax collector to their house and to eat with them was appalling to the crowd all around them. The man the world saw as corrupt, Jesus saw with compassion. The man the world had rejected. Jesus said, I'm going to be your friend. The world's opinion was not going to influence Jesus. And it won't influence Jesus today. Zacchaeus opens his home and his life to Jesus. And as people mutter and complain, Jesus is doing a work in Zacchaeus' life. Here's something you've got to understand about your own life. When we meet Jesus, Jesus changes us. Jesus doesn't leave us the same. He doesn't say, oh, you're okay. Go about your business. I just love you. You're all right. I understand your strengths. I understand your weaknesses. You're okay in my book. Go on about your business. No, when Jesus meets us, he begins to heal us. He begins to remake us. He reaches in and touches our spirit to change our life. And so, friend, here's my question for you. How has Jesus changed you? How has meeting Jesus brought about a difference in your life? How do you see things differently? How do you sense things differently? On his own... Zacchaeus stands up before the crowd and makes two declarations. Now, friends, this is the closest thing we have in the Bible to an altar call. This is it right here. And Jesus doesn't make it. He doesn't say, everybody bow your head, close your eyes. If you need to get close to me, raise your hand. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, okay, if you raise your hand, we got some altar workers. Now, come on down here and pray. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but Jesus doesn't do it. That's not the way it's done in the Bible. No, this is the closest thing we got. Zacchaeus, on his own, stands up in front of the crowd. On his own. And he makes a declaration, but that declaration isn't to the crowd. That declaration is to Jesus. He speaks to Jesus. He's been transformed and touched by Jesus. And he makes these two powerful declarations. The first one is this. I give half I possess to the poor. He doesn't say, hey, when I die, I'm going to leave half I possess to the poor. He doesn't say, you know, I'm going to start, you know, whatever I make from now on. I'm going to give half I possess to the poor. Zacchaeus says, I'm giving half I possess today to the poor. Now, the Bible doesn't set this as a, as a standard for every person. But it was an issue in Zacchaeus' life. See, here's the truth. When Jesus begins to speak to you, he's going to talk to you about the issues in your life. 
The issue in your life, the thing you've got to lay at the altar, may be different from the, ver- from the person sitting right next to you. It may be different than from everybody else in the room. But whatever's ruled in your life, he's going to demand that you surrender this. Zacchaeus was making a, a very specific change in the way he saw the world. See, the Old Testament law expected that with people, people would give 5% on top of their tithe. They were expected to give 5% each year to the poor. But just like today, where many people disobey bringing their tithe into the storehouse, and many people disobey the the laws of, of, of generosity today and the call of generosity today, people in that day and age ignored what the Word told them to do and didn't do what God told them to told them to do. Just like people don't obey the call of generosity today. But here's the simple truth. Here's the real takeaway. You don't meet people who have met Jesus. I mean, really met him. They may know about him. They may go to church. They may call themselves religious. But you don't meet people who've really met Jesus who are greedy and stingy. When you meet Jesus... He begins to deal with that issue immediately. See, this is Jesus who came down from the throne room of heaven and allowed himself to be found in the form, the limitations of these bodies. Who allowed himself to be stripped naked and humiliated before the crowd. Who was beaten and tortured and nailed to the cross when all he had to do was say the word and legions of angels would have leaped to his defense. See, this Jesus is not a partner with greed and stinginess. He's an example of love and generosity. Jesus is the author of generosity and love. And when we truly meet him, when you truly come into relationship with him, he begins to write that on our hearts. A love for others and a generosity of our life. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, Zacchaeus became a man of generosity. Have you met Jesus? What transformation did he bring about you? What what change came about in your life? What, What way did you begin to see the world differently? What transformation in your spirit began to take place? Have you really met Jesus? Transformation is always the fruit of meeting Jesus. It's always the fruit. He takes us out of our culture, out of the way that we've been raised, out of the way we've seen the world, and he goes, no, 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 come into my kingdom. Come into the, begin to think this way. Begin to see the world this way. Begin to feel this way. Jesus always 
changes us. See, he came to seek and save the lost. Why is it called? Because we don't know the way. We don't know how to live. We need saved. We need a way to heaven. We don't know how to get there. We need a way back to the Father. We can't get there on our own. We are lost. We need a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling, a new way of walking. We don't know how to get there. We're lost. Jesus comes to seek and save the lost. And when he comes into our life, <clears throat> he begins to do transformation in our life. Here's the second thing. Zacchaeus, <clears throat> in that moment, wanted to make things right with people. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, he suddenly became concerned about his reputation. Zacchaeus had the opportunity to rip people off without consequences. He could do that on purpose. He could do that by accident. And in this moment, Zacchaeus doesn't say he ripped them off. He says, if I did. He says, if I ripped anybody, if I, if I stole from me, if I abused my power, if I did any of these things wrongly, I will pay back four times the amount. Again, he appeals back to Old Testament law. That was the price the thief was supposed to pay when the thief was caught. He owed four times in return. He was saying to all who could hear, but mainly he was declaring to Jesus, if I have, if I've ripped anybody off, Show me, and I will make it right. What was he doing? Zacchaeus was taking a step towards righteousness. He was taking a step towards living the way that God would have him to, to live. He was turning from any error, true or perceived. And in that moment, in that moment of repentance, in that moment of confession, in that moment when he says, I'll make all these things right, Jesus makes this wonderful declaration. Today, salvation has come to this house. This salvation was not a recognition of Zacchaeus' act. Oh, you've done the right things, therefore you are now saved. It was a recognition of Zacchaeus' spirit being transformed. He looked and he saw what was going on in Zacchaeus' life and that he put his faith in him and he saw the truth of all of this, that it was working. See, because when we put our faith in Jesus, it works itself out in actions in our life. It changes. We're not changed by those actions. We change our actions because we've been changed. Because we've met Jesus. Because we've discovered what's true. We're not trying to live some new set of laws. We've been set free from laws. We are now have, have his law written upon our heart. And we see the world differently because we've seen Jesus and we've met Jesus. Have you heard of Jesus? If you're sitting here today, you've heard... You know, you've got some mixed bag of religious faith that you've pulled off as sitcoms and TV talk show hosts and professors at college and friends. You've kind of mixed all this thing up to form some form of religion that you like. I want to tell you, that's just, it's just false. You need to get around some people who've really met Jesus and ask them, some people that you really see that difference in and ask them, 
What does it really mean to know Jesus? What does it really mean? And friend, when you think about meeting Jesus, I I just got to ask you, have you let him do this work in you? Can you look at what you were? Can you know what you were? Say, oh, pastor, I got saved when I was pretty young. That doesn't matter. I got saved when I was pretty young too, but I know what I was without him. I know what my tendencies are without him. I know what I would rush to, what my flesh would rush to without him. And I'm telling you, it's not good. It's not pretty. It's not admirable. Mark without Jesus is a lost soul. Do you know where Jesus has changed you? Can you look at it? Can you see it? Can you identify it? Are you grateful for it? Have you really met Jesus? Here's the great story of Zacchaeus. He met Jesus, and in a few moments of being with Jesus, He was forever changed. And you will be too when you meet Jesus. Let's stand together today. Zacchaeus stood before the crowd. Nobody asked him to. He was just so full of this transformation work going on in his life that he stood before the crowd. And he speaks to Jesus. And he recognizes what Jesus is doing in his life. Zacchaeus stood before the crowd completely alone. There weren't a bunch of, he wasn't one of a bunch of people that came down and said, okay, we're going to line this group up, we're all going to confess our sin. And it was Zacchaeus alone before Jesus in front of the crowd. Father, we come before you today and we're so grateful that the work that has been done for us has been done just that way for us. That the debt that we owe has been paid for us. And Lord, if there's anything where you would do a transforming work in our lives, let us see who your son really is. And let us put our faith in him and our trust in Him. Father, today, do a work in the lives around this altar. Let things be left here, never to be picked up again, and our life to be changed by You. Father, in all of our lives, let us grow in You and flourish in You. And we pray that You'd help us walk in the fullness of Your Spirit, led by Your Spirit, transformed by the work of grace in our lives each day. Let your joy reign in us. Let your love reign in us. Let your peace reign in us. Let your wisdom be upon us. 
to walk fully in you every day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for being here. We love you. And may the grace of God, the strength of God, your relationship with Jesus bring you new life every day.